0: And let's go. Let's go. This week gone with the bushes takes us to Chicago. Chi Town. Chicago, Illinois. We are doing well, listeners, oh yeah. A little, uh, <laughs> little quarterback option. <laughs> oh. Yeah, Porgy and Bess. You can't, you can't, you can't rent it to watch. Yeah, it turns out that
1: no one has seen Porgy and Bess in what at least like fifty years or something.
0: Yeah, and the reason
1: it's there's a bunch of weird reasons. One, well, so you can't see it because after a certain amount, I guess it wasn't fifty years. I think in the eighties, after sometime in the eighties, the rights reverted back to the Gershwin estate and um. the Gershwins I guess weren't particularly happy with the movie version. we're talking about the movie version starring Sydney Poitier and Dorothy Dandridge and the rights reverted back to the Gershwin family and I believe the Gershwin fam- there's two factions of the Gershwin estate and they don't like each other Aww. so the good news is that you can probably, we'll probably be able to see it um, once whoever is due, is archiving the, you know, the part of the government that hopefully is still funded is, you know, they preserve important movies for their mm-hmm. collection. And it was designated as a movie to be preserved and because of its important, um, oh, what is it, contribute. Cultural significance.
0: Yeah. Now I did find one on YouTube. Oh. I tried, but you could the the distortion was so bad uh, visually that you couldn't tell one character from another, and it was just too frustrating. So hmm. I gave it up.
1: So we called an audible, and we decided to do a raisin in the stunt. In the sun, a raisin in the sun
0: instead. Exactly. Instead, she chose a raisin in the sun. So we quickly scrambled and are ready to bring you a raisin in the sun, which uh, originally was a play, Mm -hmm. which was very obvious from the staging of the movie. It was a Columbia picture, 1961, black and white. And the particulars?
1: Um it was directed by Daniel Petrie. Oh he did other movies. He did he did the TV movie Sybil.
0: Oh really? Mm-hmm. Oh wow, that was a uh, that was dark.
1: <laughs> um Ooh. the screenplay is written or the play is written by Lorraine Hansberry and she also wrote the screenplay.
0: So that was good. She was happy with the screenplay, obviously. Mm-hmm
1: and it's starring Sydney Portier.
0: Erin would not be denied her week with Sydney.
1: <laughs> I was I was like, "Fine. They they won't let me do Porky and Bess. I'm going to do A Raisin in the Sun. My Portier will not be denied."
0: Claudia McNeil must have been the mama.
1: Yeah, she yeah. Mhm.
0: And Ruby Dee was <sighs> his wife.
1: Ma who does Ruby D remind you of that's working now? I was like, well, if she ain't a spitting image of oh, a man. younger one, of whom? I think that, well, she looks like a younger version of Taraji P. Henson.
0: You know, she does.
1: I was like, man, she's wow, like, she does. like this, this if this was, well, I guess they did redo it. But yeah, I was like, she the, the same kind of thing, everything.
0: Yeah, she was, she was very good in it. Very, um... well, it wasn't, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't a, 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 a comedy. No,
1: this was no stormy weather.
0: This was no uh no we did not have our happy people of color happy with their circumstances.
1: Yes. Pretty much
0: the opposite. This was real life.
1: This was a this is a slice of reality pie. This isn't a world in which it's only black people. I mean, there we do have a f- people of fair-skinned European descent index yes. we or have count one cuz they They were in this movie, and the idea of them is in this movie.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Okay, 1961. uh, We start with Sidney Poitier, who for the rest of this movie shall be called Walter. That is his name in the movie, and I didn't like him very much, and so I had to call him Walter to be able to cope.
1: Yeah. Yeah, um... Yeah, Walter's a tough guy to root
0: for. Um, But, again, with his circumstances, he... he, Okay, so we start with Walter, and an alarm clock is going off. And um, he's asleep, and a woman turns over and turns off the alarm. I wrote wife, question mark, because you don't know. I'm not going to assume. Not going to assume. And the wife gets up. Well, it turns out it was his wife, Ruby D, And she gets up and she's already tired. She's just getting out of bed and she's already tired.
1: She looks exhausted.
0: So her name is Ruth. Uh, we go, he, they open the door and there's a boy asleep on the couch. She looks to be about eight years old. Their son, Travis. So she tries to wake him up and it's the exact same acting of the dad trying to wake up they just can't wake up Mm -hmm. they're not good at waking up if anybody saw judy dench in victoria and abdul it's like uh the the wait staff trying to get judy dench out of bed as queen victoria now they're in an apartment but the bathroom is across the hall so they have to share a bathroom with the other people on the on the same floor
1: that's just I got so so much anxiety just from that
0: can you imagine a germaphobe
1: not even so much a germaphobe but just in
0: Berlin
1: I know but that was like vacation I didn't have to live that way just like oh my god like you get a crap attack
0: yeah and somebody's in there Or in Berlin, when the naked man walked in on my sister, you know, like, because that's not a thing there. And I can see you're a German. Okay. Um, So the wife is yelling at um, Walter to get up. And um, somebody's talking about the check is coming today. I think it's Walter. He was always talking about the is the check coming today? Mm-hmm. And Ruby D goes, it comes on Saturday. Today is Friday. It doesn't come till tomorrow.
1: Yeah. Relax. Meanwhile, she I'm just like, man, just go back to sleep, Ruby D.
0: But but he's not nice to her. No, I mean, he's he, not. He, little old happy woman today, ain't ya? And um she She's angry because he and his friends were up talking all night in what is their son's bedroom, which is the living room. And um, then it, Walter starts talking about evil creatures. Women are evil creatures at eight o'clock in the morning. The little boy needs 50 cents for school today, and she says, "I ain't got fifty cents." So he goes, "Well, can I go to the grocery and carry groceries after school cuz I got to get this 50 cents. Teacher says I have to bring in 50 cents. I got no 50 cents." And no, you can't go go to the grocers. And so, uh Walter comes in and goes, "Well, I have 50 cents." Then he looks at his wife like, "Yeah, uh, in spite, I'm giving him another 50 cents." Uh-huh.
1: Yeah. And she and Ruth was she she wasn't like she loves, she loves Travis, so she wasn't, like, being like, yelling at him and stuff. She, she, the way that she's delivering the lines is that you can tell that she's sad that she doesn't have the 50 cents, but she doesn't have the 50 cents.
0: And who does this teacher think she is asking for 50 cents? Yeah. Uh, and then Walter and Ruth just argue about life. Just, yeah. And twice, Ruth says, just leave me alone. <laughs>
1: Yeah, Walter just starts putting down black women, and I'm like, "Don't you know that that's who saves Alabama?" No.
0: Well, not just Alabama, but
1: well, ultimately, it's going to end up saving the United States of America from itself.
0: God, we hope so. <laughs> and um, and 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 he's got some kind of a deal going with his friends.
1: Okay, now I have so- a question because. Okay. I thought that I heard this and if, if I did, then it, it kind of makes, it it adds an extra layer to where, uh, Walter is coming from. So did he, did his friend, did somebody, one of his friends come to him with a, a proposition of investing and into a dry cleaner and his wife said, No. And now it turns out that the dry cleaner, he made like a hundred and something yeah. thousand dollars.
0: Okay. Yeah. If he had invested back then in the dry cleaner, that, that this guy is bringing in a hundred thousand dollars a year, which in 61 was a, was so a much fine money. amount of money.
1: Oh man. Okay. So that had happened between them. And so now Walter has this new idea.
0: And he says, "A man says I got a dream," and she says, "Eat your eggs." And he says, "His mama has money," and he wants that money for an investment.
1: Yeah. So basically, Walter once has been, at, you know, on his mom because his mom's getting this check. I don't know if we know yet what it is for. We don't
0: know yet. And we so it's a check.
1: He, we just know it's a check. We can put together that he's been asking, he's been on her about his investments, the mom. And he tells his wife, he's like, look, when you guys have your coffee and when you're basically says when you're sitting around during the day. And it's like this woman obviously never gets to sit down um, and having coffee and you're doing your talk. Why don't you, you know, kind of mention that you think it's a good idea because she'll listen to you.
0: Because nobody's listening to Walter. Right which is why he just keeps going on and on and on. And she and Ruth says, uh, yeah, but you haven't said anything new. It's the same thing over and over again. Mm -hmm. So they aren't in a real good place right now. Mm -hmm. No. At which point sister Betty comes out of the second bedroom of this two bedroom apartment with no bathroom. And it's obvious that Betty has decided to be a doctor which is a huge ambition. And so again, Walter's talking about the checks coming tomorrow and Betty goes, it's mama's money, not yours. Leave it alone. It's for mama. So I wrote down sister brother dynamics because they, they go into uh, arguing and he goes, who said you had to be a doctor? Why don't you just become a nurse? Like every other woman. Yeah. What? And then, like get married? What? Like, so for the first time, we hear it's insurance money. It's Mama's insurance money, and he wants to invest in a liquor store.
1: Okay. Well, on one hand,
0: <laughs> I, 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 um, I mean, judging you- from my drink today, I, I. It could be a sound investment. Uh, You
1: know, I mean, 1960 Chicago, there's tough times ahead. You know, Okay, I wouldn't be poo-pooing the idea. Seems like a very stressful life, but.
0: Yeah. And so Walter leaves saying nobody in this house is ever going to understand me. At which point, Mama comes out of the bedroom. So it's obvious Mama and Betty, the sister, share one bedroom. Uh-huh. Walter and Ruth share the other bedroom, and Travis is on the couch. Uh-huh. And so the the Mama comes around, and she's picking up after Travis. And Ruth is going, um, you know, he's, he's always going to leave stuff around if he knows you're going to pick up after him. So they have a little, I just... <laughs>
1: I was laughing so hard at uh, this.
0: Oh, I, I, this really small apartment, uh, <laughs> and there are four adults and a child living in really close proximity.
1: You're living in super close proximity to your mother-in-law. No Thank wonder, you. Ruth. <laughs> she looks... Like not Ruth has progressed from looking, you know, tired to she looks ill. And I'm like, Ruth is dying inside.
0: She looks haggard. Yeah. And right away I'm thinking, you know what? Ruth is pregnant.
1: But I was thinking, I was thinking, Ruth, this is a play. We need something dramatic to happen. Ruth she is suffering from appendicitis.
0: Oh, OK. Or the, I, she was pregnant or had cancer because she's holding on to a secret and it, it, it's not a good one. Oh, yeah. I thought maybe she had the cancer, too. Yeah. So it's obvious this is Mama's first day at home. I guess she's retired because this check is coming due to Papa's money. So her husband kicked the can and also lived in this apartment. I know.
1: Wait, where was what? where was big Walter
0: <laughs> where wow. did big
1: Walter fit in this apartment
0: and maybe at the time Betty was on the I don't know but I... my god well a liquor store does sound like a good investment yeah at this yeah,
1: point at this, you know I mean Walter's very whiny and just over the top with everything but what I'm just thinking like taking his personality out of it like a liquor store is not a bad investment for this man. Like, that's, it's very realistic.
0: Although he's going to drink all the profits.
1: The whole family's going to drink all the profits because you're not going to keep Ruth away from the liquor.
0: No, but Mama, Mama's got her, her religion. Okay, so Walter Lee is a chauffeur. Mm-hmm. And he's not a happy chauffeur. This is he's not happy with his circumstances in life. Of course, he drives a huge caddy for a very rich white man. Yeah. And at this point, I call him Angry Walter.
1: Well, he's angry, but he I mean, he has a right to be. Do you think that Walter Walter's 35 in this? Yeah. So do you think Walter was in the war? getting out my calculator because I cannot do that math in my head.
0: Oh, wow. He would have been 30. Um. Mm -hmm. Okay. Ruth is ironing and it's, it's obvious she's ironing for people. Mm -hmm. So she's taking in ironing, probably laundry too for money. And at this point I wrote Ruth Prager's because she's standing over that ironing board and looking worse by the day.
1: I was like, oh, her appendix is rupturing or she's going to have like the classic falling down cancer spell in movies.
0: So Mama asks if if, uh, if she's ill, you know, you call in tomorrow. Tell them you can't come in tomorrow. And she goes, I, I can't do that. You know, and Mama goes, tell them you have the flu. White people understand the flu
1: because white they don't people understand get you flu. just being
0: dead tired. <laughs> so they could understand that.
1: Oh, no, she says if you tell them you're sick, they think that you're laid up with a stab wound. So <laughs> you, have to, you have to tell them you have the flu because they get the flu, too, and they understand the flu.
0: Okay, so this, this at this point, we understand the check is for $10,000. That's
1: a, I mean, that's a lot of money to me now. <laughs> that's got to be so much money to them then.
0: So instead of Ruth doing what what Walter wanted her to do, she tells Mama, you know what? That's your money. You ought to take a trip somewhere. Mm-hmm. You ought to do something just for you.
1: And Big oh. Mama says, We're, I'm just supposed to go to Europe by myself? How's that going to look? And Ruth says... These white women do it all the time. All the time. They pack up their trunks and they get on one of them liners and they go over to Europe just by themselves and
0: have a ball. And they could even have an affair to remember. Hmm. Ooh. Okay. Uh, Well, Mama says, well, some of the money has to be put away for Betty's medical school. Period. And.
1: Wait, three thousand dollars for her medical school. Yeah, three thousand dollars. Does that even yeah. cover a week?
0: And then she said she she has an idea of putting some of the money down on a down payment for a little two story house.
1: And I said, "Hot diggity dog! That's what you do, of course."
0: Yeah, that's a plan. That's, that's how, how is you a build sound wealth. Investment.
1: Yes. Yeah. Oh, my, you're, it's 1961 and you're going to buy a two-family a house, a two-apartment house in Chicago? I mean, the money that you will have by now. The equity, I said. The equity.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so Mama starts remembering the first day, the big Walter, and she moved into this two-bedroom no bathroom apartment. Well, wait a and- second.
1: Time out. Time out. Because Ruth says, "I will. I can't wait to get out of this freaking rat trap," and and B- Big Mama kind of gets her feelings hurt. And I was like, "Why is Big Mama getting her feelings hurt?" Like, but then she says that her and Big Walter moved into it, and she and she says, "Yeah, we were we were only going to stay here for a week."
0: Yeah, So they were going to get themselves a two-story house as soon as they could.
1: And that was 35 years ago.
0: It never happened.
1: I was like, oh, they've been living in that apartment for 35 years?
0: And I guess at this point, Mama mentioned that she had lost a baby.
1: Yeah.
0: And Ruth says nothing can tear at you like losing a baby.
1: And I'm going, bubing.
0: Ruth is pregnant.
1: I see.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I see.
0: Uh, um, so, at Mama says, wait, Mama says, good Lord, the good Lord didn't see fit to give black man nothing but dreams. But he did see fit to give us children to make those dreams come true. A little teary eyed there. At this point, <laughs> sister me. comes. In with a guitar.
1: Oh, I like Sister.
0: Sister was a modern woman. She was a feminist in 1961. Oh, yeah. A black feminist (laughs) in 1961. And she's decided that she's going to take up the guitar. So they go through all the other things that she's decided to take up and and hasn't, you know, like worked through it. Uh, Photography and something else
1: but she but she makes an excellent point she's like i'm experimenting i i'm trying i'm trying all these new things sister's building up she's becoming very interesting sister is
0: i'm i'm experimenting with different forms of expression because she she has a lot to express Mm, yeah and she says i'm gonna be a doctor and then mama starts you know talking about god as mamas tend to do and betty oh I'm like, Betty,
1: don't. Betty, no. Don't go there, Betty. Betty, keep it Betty, inside. no. Don't. Just keep that to yourself, Betty. Oh,
0: Betty, don't say, oh, don't no, say no. that. No, no. Oh, Betty. Betty said, I'm sick of your God talk. Oh, oh man. I was like, oh, you don't say that to a mama. Oh, you yeah, don't. And
1: you don't say that to a mama whose name is Big Mama.
0: And she says, God is one idea I don't accept and mom slaps her
1: well no wait wait she goes on a bit betty she she, does betty goes on for a bit and i'm like betty ever just more and more and mama is on the the other side of the room which is the other side of the apartment
0: (laughs) which is not which is three steps yeah which is
1: really just five feet away but (laughs) mama gets stands up and just slowly Walks over. It's the slowest slap ever. She just walks up, walks up, walks up, walks, stands, and whap, slaps sister across the face.
0: And Mama says, you will repeat after me. Oh. In my mother's house, there is still God. And she she intimidated Betty to say, to repeat it.
1: There is still God. And then Betty hightails it out of there. And I was like, yes, you, you
0: you knew you knew better than that. Why do those sisters have to stir it up like that? I don't they Do know. it on purpose.
1: Don't look at me.
0: No, well, yeah, well, okay. And then we're back to uh, Mama saying that how all, all Walter talks about is money. And here's this other sister saying there isn't a God. What is she doing wrong?
1: Yeah. She was like, oh, well, what am I doing? I was like, oh, well, I, I don't know. I don't know, big mama.
0: You're not doing anything wrong. It's, it's, the times are a changing, and um, y- your children have big dreams and big ideas. Mama says we ain't no business people; we working people. Yeah, At which well, point Mama. Ruth says something's happening between me and Walter because it's obvious they're not getting along real great. And
1: Big Mama says, "Oh, Ruth, there you go making this all about you again." No, she doesn't say that.
0: <laughs> no, she didn't. But poor Ruth. And Big Mama says, "I ain't gonna put any money into a liquor store."
1: Yeah, because doesn't doesn't Ruth kind of then start? Asking big, like, take doing what Walter wanted her to
0: do? She tried a little bit, but then she she gets that look in her eyes like, uh, everything's going fuzzy on me and pop. Boom,
1: boom. Oh, yeah. Then she hits the floor. Ruth
0: does faint. She does the cancer faint, but it's not cancer.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. In every other movie, they come back and it's cancer from the cancer faint. Nice.
0: Scene. Next scene, Walter's at a bar. And he's with two friends, Willie and Bobo. Uh, And his two friends have come up with their third of the money. They're just waiting on Walter to come up with his amount of money. And they are in the liquor store. And Walter goes, it's a deal. He knows Big Mom is not going to put that money toward this liquor store, but he's not going to let his dreams out.
1: She's not going to put the money toward the liquor store. And also, excuse me, who are your partners in this, in this venture? Um, I have my main man, Willie, and my other main man, Bobo. Who's investing with
0: Willie and Bobo? Well, and Ruth had poo-pooed Willie and Bobo because they were the ones keeping Travis up at night when he needed to be getting his sleep to go to school. Yeah. So, uh, scene... And now uh, Ruth isn't in the apartment. Most of this takes place in the apartment, Mm -hmm. which is how you know that it was based on a play. And um, so there's Mama and Betty, and, and Betty's asking, where's Ruth? And Mama says, Ruth went to a doctor. Phone rings, and Betty's talking to... Somebody, and she's going, oh, no, Mama would never allow you to come over. Our house is a mess. It's Saturday. It's cleaning day. And she's going, okay, come on over. It's an African boy she met on campus from Nigeria. So he hasn't gotten there yet. Ruth comes in, and Ruth is indeed pregnant. She's two months pregnant. And Betty has the nerve to ask, "Did she plan it?" <laughs> well, Betty number is- one. It's none of your business, and number two, it's none of your business. Betty is a little pissed.
1: She's just like, you be being reckless. Where where's the kids supposed to sleep on the roof?"
0: Okay, Betty does have a point with that.
1: She's, Betty is like, "Yes, yeah, she her uh, her delivery of what she's saying is." It's like questionable. It's like again, Betty, choose your choose your places. A little tact, please, here, <laughs> Betty.
0: Exactly. But most of
1: the time, Betty is correct. Like if you really watch what bet like Betty's reaction to things, I'm like, mm, I yeah,
0: she's pretty spot on, but not with her delivery.
1: Her delivery is she could use a little tact.
0: So. Let's see. Um, This guy comes in, Joseph Asagai from Africa. Ruth is crying. And uh, Mama says, we've all got acute ghettoitis. So the African brings a huge box Mm -hmm. for Betty. And inside is uh, what I would call kente cloth.
1: It It's I, yeah, I don't know what the it's like African cloth
0: where you you have to know how to how to wind it around your body to wear it as a dress. Mm-hmm. So he shows her how to do that. But then they have a fight because he calls her an assimilationist. ooh
1: and that's the I mean, Ruth goes from not Ruth. But Betty goes from zero to 60. You call her an assimilationist? Yeah. Ugh.
0: And so uh, Joseph said, well, I got to go. And she goes, well, I'm not interested in being your episode in America. Ugh. Um And then Mama introduces. I have. Mama introduces uh, Joseph to somebody.
1: Mama introduces Joseph
0: to Ruth. Maybe. Oh, yeah. Ruth was in her bedroom crying Ah, because she doesn't want to be pregnant. Well, I mean, it's just not a good time. But, you know, everybody loves their babies. But this isn't the right time, obviously. Ruth's
1: like, we're poor. Where is this kid going to sleep? On the roof?
0: (laughs) Um. Okay. So then the bell is ringing. It's the next day. It, it No, it is Saturday. So the bell rings and, and Mama and Ruth look at each other with their eyes big and send Travis down to down the many flights of steps to intercept the mailman because. It, it's here. The check's here. <coughs> so Mama opens the check and asks Travis, is that the right amount of zeros? There are four of them. Four Travis of them. is like, Yep. Uh, and Mama is humming and, you know, she's kind of, um, she's kind of sad because she says $10,000 for a life. So I'm assuming that something happened to Papa, Big Walter, on the job and this is an insurance payout because oh, he died. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm assuming.
1: Hmm, Because I was, I was thinking like, well, did they just, did they, did they not Put away, like, did the money that they were going to save, are they the family that they're, okay, we're going to live modestly, but we're going to take out an insurance policy on your dad because he's a laborer? So what you're saying kind of makes more sense than that.
0: Yeah, (laughs) because I don't know that they could have put away that money.
1: I don't, because I'm like, hmm, okay.
0: At this point, I wrote with with my thinking process, did Ruth get an abortion? Oh, cause she's not feeling well, and she's in the bedroom crying. Okay, so Walter comes in, and what's the first thing he asks about? Is that did the check come? Did the check go? So he's holding the check, and he's saying, "Will somebody listen to me today?" And Mama goes, "I'm not investing in a liquor store, mm-hmm.
1: cause get Mama. Mama goes to church. She is church going." So she's, she doesn't want any of that Satan's brew up in her household and to be dealing with all that,
0: all the sin. She doesn't want the life of Papa to go into a liquor store, which, you know, that his legacy shouldn't be a liquor store. Mm-hmm.
1: Whereas at the beginning, I was like, okay, liquor store, I understand that. Once Big Mama said... My plan is to put a down payment on the house. I'm 100% behind Big Mama. Equity, people. Equity.
0: Your own bathroom. Okay. So he has all these lawyer papers because Willie and Bobo have gotten their money together. And all he has to do is get his money. And these lawyer papers are going to show her how this is a great investment for the money. Mm Mm-hmm. And at this point, Walter explains his part to it instead of just nagging. All I want is to stand in front of my boy and tell him I can be something better than a chauffeur or a servant. So you understand him.
1: So it's like, okay, because Big Mama spent all her time in the kitchen, with White Lady. Ruth has to get her son up and then she has to go take care of White Lady and White Lady children. So she and Walter, all he does, you know, he drives the white man to and fro his white businesses.
0: He wants something for himself.
1: And so, yeah, and he wants he wants Travis to know, like, you
0: can be anything. Yeah, well, Travis needs to know that's not necessarily true. But uh, so now you can see both sides. I mean, at first I was just mad at Walter, you know, come on, dude. But then you understand. Okay, so Walter is mad because Big Mama's going, no. So he just wants to go out.
1: And then Ruth's like, oh, I'll go out with you. And Walter's like, no. And then, then they kind of have an argument. Ruth's like, fine, I don't want to go out with you anyway, whatever, you know.
0: Yeah, and, and they say, uh, you turned my stomach. Yeah. Oh, that's such harsh words. Well, you turn my stomach, too. Yeah. And then Walter Oh, oh wait,
1: wait. And then because he's always like, and the mom's always like, it's always about money with you, and money. You always talk about it. And Walter comes back with, It's always been about money. We just didn't know it. Because the mom's like, Oh, it's you know, it's about freedom and stuff. And Walter's like, No, it's about money. Cash rules everything around me.
0: But for her generation, it was about freedom. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it- the generation before her, I mean, seriously, not being a slave anymore. So, so she's still caught up in that. It's a generational thing because he's looking ahead going, I'm looking around and I'm seeing, you know, okay, we free, but we have to have money to get ahead. Mm-hmm. But then he does something unforgivable. And he points to Ruth and tells Big Mama, that was my biggest mistake.
1: Ooh, I hope she got that abortion.
0: <laughs> oh, all, I was, rude. I was like, not, I think at this point I texted Aaron and said, well, thanks for this. <laughs>
1: That was my, it was when I saw it, it was like that was my biggest mistake. I was like right back at you, motherfucker. Because <laughs> I was looking at Ruth. I was like, Ruth, you're pretty good looking. I
0: think. <laughs> and although Sydney is good looking, Walter is his attitude diminishes his looks yeah. considerably. I'm thinking this is Chicago, Ruth. I think you, you could have do done better.
1: Hmm.
0: So Mama says to Walter, what's eating you up? And Walter goes, I don't need you nagging me today. And Mama's going, don't you drive Ruth away. A liquor store is dangerous when you need to look for peace outside your house. That's dangerous. Walter goes, I want so many things. I ain't never going to get sometimes. I can see my future is a big, blank, empty space. And Mama goes. Talk, talk, talk. So much talk about money. It used to be about freedom. Freedom was life. And Walter goes, it's always been about money for me.
1: And for everyone. Walter's yeah. like, it's the, this is the way the world works. its a, We just didn't realize it. That it was always about money. That's the answer to every question, people. is money.
0: At which point, Mama says, son, Don't you know? Have you not read the signs? Your wife is expecting another baby.
1: Oh, and Walter's like shit. Yeah, which
0: because you know it's all her fault. He had nothing to do with that. And
1: then and then Big Mama says, Yeah. And she's expecting another baby, and she went down to the women the woman's doctor. And put down $5. She put down a down payment on an abortion.
0: Yes, she did.
1: And Big Mom was like, you better go and tell her not to go through with it. And then I think, I think Ruth not appears. Not to destroy your child. Yeah, I think Ruth appears in the doorway, which is like three feet away. And Walter's sitting at the table.
0: And he just gets up and leaves. Well, first, Mama says to him, I'm waiting on you, son. I'm waiting on you to be the man that your father expects you to be right now. I'm waiting on you, son. And he gets up and walks out the door. <laughs> At which point I wrote in my notes, Walter is not Sidney.
1: Sydney <laughs> so Poitier is like, I am an actor.
0: And... She says he's a disgrace to his father's memory.
1: But but is he, is is Walter? I mean, yeah, the way that he's going about it is wrong. But is it a horrible idea for them to be having this conversation? It's a it's a conversation that I mean, they look at their surroundings again. Where's he gonna sleep on the roof?
0: Well, it's a conversation that should be between Walter and Ruth. But when you live with all this extended family, you can't have a conversation between Walter and Ruth because there are so many other people around. Oh, yeah. Walter's at a bar. He's drinking, drinking, drinking. And back in the apartment, Betty is all dressed up in the Nigerian garb and she puts a record on and she's.
1: Well, Ruth was listening to a, like a jazz record at the time and Betty comes in and her African garb and is basically poo says this is simulation music. No, this is African music and puts on Nigerian music and the drums and then starts dancing.
0: You have so- you have. Four very strong-willed adults living in a very, very
1: small space. place.
0: Walter comes back and he's drunk. At one point, he gets up on the table. I, 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 I don't know.
1: I, I think this was. Uh, I'm sure Cindy Poitier insisted on this scene. <laughs> it's just it, him, and then he's like, he's or he's giving a speech.
0: Yeah. I'm sure that um, in the play, it, it was a, it was a very character-defining speech. He just pissed me off even more. At which point, a man comes to the door. George, the black brother.
1: Yeah. So George is from money.
0: George got some money. Mm-hmm. Aaron is George. Louis Gossett Jr. Yes. I didn't see that because he's a very l- young Louis Gossett Jr.
1: I didn't see it either. But you know, it was weird when he was talking. I-, I said, why does that guy's voice sound so familiar to me? Yeah. But I didn't know it was him. I knew that Louis Gossett, because he's credited as Louis Gossett in the film. And I was wondering at the beginning of the film. And <gasps> that's
0: I- his daddy then. That's not Jr. That's the daddy. No, that's him. Louis Gossett
1: Jr.? he just this was his first film so he would he didn't have junior on his name oh okay because at first i thought oh this is that's his his dad and then i read that it was his first movie so then i was thinking that he was the little that he was travis oh but then he, he wasn't he was george
0: So, George has some money. So, come on, Betty. George is very interested in you. Just uh, take one for the team. Well, that's... That was a very feminist (laughs) thing to say. Yeah. At which point, Walter has to go across the hall to throw up. Mm -hmm. George says, we're going to the theater. We're not going to be in the theater. So, Betty, get that... Kinte cloth off of you. Yeah. And they argue.
1: Well, because um, Betty is annoyed by how George it is, is. he's assimilated, basically. Which assimilated to them means that he went to school and he's educated and he's wealthy. So that makes him white.
0: Yeah. Okay. <laughs>
1: Having an education.
0: Okay. Uh, Ruth puts Betty in the bedroom because she's going, you're not going to blow this. Yeah. Get in there. Get yourself fixed. Ruth knows what the score of the world is. So uh, uh, Betty and George are going to an 830 curtain uh, 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 at the theater. The
1: theater.
0: Well, Walter comes in. He's drunk. He doesn't like that George has made money. George is sitting there with some white shoes on. And Walter goes, how come all you college boys wear them faggoty-looking white shoes? Yeah, we managed to, yeah, equal opportunity. What's the word, guy-guy?
1: I don't know. Offend?
0: Offend. Equal opportunity offenders. I wrote, Walter is... A drunken mess.
1: Oh, he's
0: just he—he's—he's getting sloppy now. He's getting sloppy, kind of like me last night. I got me some plans to turn this city upside down, George. Sometime we'll have to do that. Oh, because Walter says, "Oh, I hear that your dad's
1: buying some business someplace, and or some building." And George says, "Yeah, he says that's a that's a that's a real smart investment." And so basically then George kind of pitches himself or Walter pitches himself to George saying uh, about how he's got some ideas, uh, great ideas. Maybe you can, you know, set up a meeting between me and your dad. I've, I've got some ideas and
0: maybe the money will come from George.
1: Yeah, but George doesn't want anything of it because this guy's drunk right now. He was standing on his table.
0: And Walter goes even further to say, I know nothing bigger than you fraternity brothers with your college classes and your teaching. You know how to run stuff uh, while wearing faggoty shoes.
1: Yeah. Walter's really stuck on these white shoes.
0: Shut that door, Walter.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, that meeting's never going to happen, Walter.
0: And George pretty much much says, Walter, you're just full of bitterness. And uh, Walter says, good night, Prometheus.
1: Well, no, Walter doesn't say that. George calls Walter Prometheus.
0: Ooh, hello. Ouch. Because
1: mm-hmm. then Walter turns to Ruth and is like, that guy just called me Prometheus. Do you know what that <laughs> means? And Ruth's like, I don't know what it means, but <laughs> Ruth. Oh. Just salt of the earth. Ruth is like, maybe it's a good thing. (laughs) And Walter's like, no, it's not a good
0: thing. He can't even insult me man to man.
1: Yeah. Gotta be all highfalutin with his insults.
0: So then Walter tells Ruth, don't go nagging at me. Ruth goes, I'm going to bed. Sorry about this new baby. Go ahead and... Finish what I started. I'm going to go ahead and finish what I started, which means. Oh, she's. She's she's more certain than ever that that down payment was money well spent.
1: Best investment I ever made.
0: Okay, so Mama comes in. She's asking where uh, Walter was. Travis comes in. Walter's worried about the money. And Mama goes. I bought you a house.
1: I said, oh, hot diggity dog.
0: That's right. Because the is black so woman happy. holds a family together.
1: That's right. Somebody's going to make a decent common sense move up in here.
0: Ooh, Walter is pissed.
1: Oh, he breaks the glass in his hand.
0: In his hand. <laughs> his hands all cut. And it's not like he was having fine crystal in there. No. And Mama says, you can thank God and you can thank your pop.
1: So it's a three-bedroom house. Oh, Walter and Ruth get a bedroom. Travis gets his be- a bedroom, and uh, sister and Mama are gonna share a room still.
0: <laughs> Sorry, Betty, you're still with yeah. Mama. <laughs>
1: Son of a bitch. But hey, they have a bathroom. Yeah, and of so their they're like, w- Ruth's. Like, where's where's where is it? Where's the house at?
0: Yeah, and this was because I don't know Chicago. I didn't know what it was but it was evidently a new neighborhood popping up it was always so the suburbs the suburbs 4039 clavern park
1: Cla- i thought it was Clyburn park
0: it might be and, and mama goes walter lee it makes such a difference when you walk on floors you own
1: it does it does. and mama
0: says i did the best i could
1: it does you're leaving out another part
0: what did I leave out?
1: Clyburn Park. roots like, Cl- Clyburn Park. There are no colored people living in Clyburn Park. <laughs> Mama's just skipping over this whole thing. It's 1961, Mama. You didn't notice that there are no colored people in Clyburn Park? Are you telling me we're going to be the family?
0: Well, somebody let her put down money on it. <laughs> oh, vey. And Ruth says, I can't wait to say goodbye to these old tired walls. Hallelujah. Because earlier, uh, when Betty was prancing around the apartment, she had her a bug sprayer. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, yeah, we had to get, yeah. Okay, Mama to Walter. I seen my family falling apart today. I got to go on and do something bigger. Say you feel... Say you feel I'd done the right thing. And Walter said, you did what you wanted. You butchered a dream of mine. Man, I mean, they just say these things to each other. You can't take words back. Well, Walter's
1: very spoiled. And he's spoiled because his, well, we know, because his mom picked picked up after him and everything. Baby, you know. Yep, yep.
0: You could t- because you can tell because, yeah, because you get when you spoil your boys. <laughs> uh, you yeah. drop the
1: mic. <laughs> Podcast is over.
0: <laughs> you have to take it for a moment. I need So then, a moment.
1: <laughs> So then, Walter, he or the phone rings and Ruth answers it, and turns out that it's Walter's boss Walter hasn't shown up to work for the past three days
0: three days
1: so for three days he's been home comes home at night goes out in the morning but he's not going to to uh, chauffeur around the, the man so Ruth hangs up the phone and tells big mama and says you know they said they're gonna have to get somebody else if Walter doesn't show up he hasn't been um the guy has had to take a cab for three days.
0: Shiver me timbers. So. Mama puts on her hat. She
1: puts on a hat. She's like, where is he? Where'd he go to drink? Go
0: get my boy. What's the name of that drinking place? The kitty cat. Mama goes into the kitty cat. Uh, um, She walks in. Oh, Walter, your mom's here. (laughs) So Walter goes, want a drink, mama? (laughs) Oh, (laughs) Oh man. Whew.
1: So they sit down and Walter again explains why he was so mad and this time and then he kind of does make he does make a good argument because he asks he says mama um why did you leave the south 40 years ago? And mama's like, well, um it was 40 years ago and it was the south. <laughs> And she was, you know, I mean, I took a look around. It wasn't to—I didn't really like the way that things were going. So I got on a train and I headed up north. And Walter says, "And once you decided to make up your mind that you were going on the train, nobody could talk you out of it, right?" And Mom was like, "That is true. That yes, that is true." And Walter says. I don't feel like my train is ever coming again. I missed it. So Walter's basically saying he's back in the south. Yeah. Like like her life would have been if she had never left.
0: Yeah, oh a week away from hanging on a tree.
1: Man, so that really got to Big Mama.
0: Yeah, it does.
1: Oh, that, ooh, that, that was that was the sharpest cut. So, Big Mama takes out a wad of money.
0: A roll of bills.
1: A roll of bills. And she slides it across the table. And she says, tells Walter, I want you to take $3,000. First day in the morning, I want you to put this in the, to. I want you to take out $3,000. Or no, she says she put down 3500 for oh, the math. down payment. I want you to take out $3,000 for Betty's Uh, medical school and the rest of the money I want you to put into a checking account that only and you're responsible for that money you can do with it whatever you like and Walter looks at her and says you trust me and big mama says I trust you I'm like big mama you raised your son he had a job and he hasn't gone to his job in three days every day he's gone to work at the kitty cat club drinking and you're you're at all he pulls out this story out his ass about how you left the south 40 years ago on a train and how his trains left you should have beat him down and said motherfucker you're not in the south it is not 40 years ago go get your ass to work and here's like I'll give you $3,000 so that you can go to school and get yourself a degree or something but by the way liquor store by the way, I bought us a house and we, we're now going to have equity. And that's how you build wealth in America. But that's you know, how it's done, boy. <laughs> that's how it's done. And then she should have <laughs> left. But no, yep, Big Mama she did not.
0: She said, um, I, hear, I hear me on reverberation. Oh. OK, she said, uh, you're the head of the family now. You do what needs to be done. So, Walter goes home and he hugs Ruth. Scene. Yep. Taxi. Taxi to the house. The suburban house. White neighborhood. We got white family. I believe we had two
1: kids and maybe an adult. So, I think right now with the driver, I think we're, what, up to four white people?
0: Yeah. The house is all fresh and new and freshly painted. And it just feels happy, happy, happy. They have a lawn... They give Mama a box, and insider gardening tools, because all Mama ever wanted was a little garden. She's got a backyard now. Travis gave her her own gardening hat. It's pretty hideous, but it's her own. It's
1: a horrible hat.
0: And they go, you're Mrs. Miniver, not Scarlet. <laughs> <laughs> They're moving out of the apartment. Moving on up, Oh, mm. oh. To the top. Okay, so Walter has papers and a record player is playing jazz, and because um, they're packing up to leave. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I wrote uh, a white man comes to the door. I wrote Hume Cronin, but it wasn't Hume Cronin. No, no, it no. Was, it, w- it was the gu- the guy from uh, Twelve Angry Men.
1: Yeah, the guy with Wilden the glasses. Yeah, it was the guy with the glasses. Now because of this role, he will forever to me be known as the man. The man. He's the man now. Every time whenever you hear somebody say it's the man, this is who they're talking about.
0: And yet they sent Wilbur Milktoast. Well yeah. Cuz that's He's how... looking for Mama. Mhm. And he is a representative of the Clyvern Park Association. Anybody else see what's coming? You know
1: who does see what's coming? Sister sees what's coming because she picks up the hammer and, and she, <laughs> like, watch it. She does. She goes, oh, as soon as he says the home association, she picks up the hammer and sits down and goes, oh, okay. The home yeah. association. Mm-hmm.
0: Here it comes. Well, we've been it's been brought to our attention. You bought a place on Clavern Park. And, well, I don't know if you know too much about our, our association. We have the orientation committee. Uh-huh. And what and is this orientation uh, committee? Do? I am the uh, in the special committee of... Pro- problems excuse me
1: Uh uh-huh and uh Mm -hmm. yeah
0: there are no colored people in our area
1: well no he he does he goes he's the man ma he's much subtler than that he he's talking about that we're hard-working people we're a group of hard-working people blah
0: blah blah, we
1: get we work we work very hard and, you know, it's just, we kind of just have this feeling, and we don't mean any offense, but we just feel like it, it's nice to just sit down. And if you sit down and like talk about your grievances, that people, you know, it'll be better. And Ruth is eating it up. Ruth is like, hmm, yes, I agree. So are we. We're hardworking people. And, and so, and sister's the only one that's catching on to what's going on here. Yeah. And the guy's like, what? finally he's just like, we feel that, you know, because he's they're agreeing with everything he's saying. He's a very smooth operator. He's right, just walking because down the street. We, this we path. dream
0: of a community where we want to raise uh-huh. our children with with our own kind of people.
1: Uh-huh. And it's like, don't you think a Negro family would be happier when people live with their own communities?
0: What? Uh now, now, don't, no, no, race doesn't enter into this. Mm, uh, yeah. <clears throat> Negro families are happier when they live in their own communities.
1: Oh, so, so then <laughs> sister's like, uh-huh. What I've been saying all along. That, and, and then Walter's like, ah, my sister was right. Get the hell out of my house.
0: Not before this man says, we're prepared to make you a very financially happy arrangement.
1: Yeah. So they went, all the all these hardworking people have gotten together and they put in money so that they will buy the house back from them and at a profit. They're going to give, they're paying, they're paying the youngers not to move in.
0: To not move in.
1: Yeah. We and give then you he money. goes,
0: I don't understand why you people are reacting this way. Yeah. And Walter goes, just leave.
1: Yeah, just get out of here. Are you kidding me? Get out of my house.
0: At which point Mama comes in happy because they're moving. She didn't hear any of this. Oh, yeah. Moving men are coming at four. And they say, well, the welcoming committee has already <laughs> been here.
1: And they just bust out laughing. <laughs> They're like, oh yeah, those, those white people, yeah, they're they're already here. And, and this, I think one of them says to her, "Yeah, Mama, they said they can't wait for you to get there.
0: <laughs> can't wait to see your face."
1: And somebody said, Ruth, at some point says, "That's the way the crackers crumble." Yes, she did. <laughs> I, wait, I have it here. I cracked yep. up
0: laughing. That's the way the crackers crumble, and they're still packing. <laughs> yeah. And uh, the bell rings. Sometimes it's just hard to let the future begin. Oh,
1: yeah. So Ruth and mom have have gone. I don't know. Mom and sister have gone. It's Ruth and Walter. The doorbell rings. They think it's the movers, but they're like, no, the movers are here too early. Who could it be? And Walter grabs Ruth and embraces her. And it's like sometimes you just want to have that. Just hang on to that feeling because the future it's coming. It's. So he's got this surprise. His plans yeah, have all does. been come into motion. And so he open the door.
0: It's Bobo. Yeah.
1: Bobo sits down and Walter's very excited. He's like, how'd it go? I want you to tell me everything. How'd it go? How'd it go, Bobo? Tell us everything.
0: Because they were going to have to go to, to Springfield, Illinois, the capital, and give some payola to the people so they could get their liquor license earlier.
1: Mm-hmm. It's Chicago. They gotta grease some palms.
0: Right. And you never get ahead without greasing some palms. So so how did it go, Bobo? How'd it go? Well, I didn't go to Springfield. Yeah. Why didn't well, you why, go? Why not? Ow. Oh! oh.
1: Willie didn't show up.
0: Willie took the money and ran
1: Bobo waited for six hours
0: oh my god this is when I was just you had to mop me off the floor at this point
1: really wow I saw this one coming like again his business partners were Willie and Bobo and he's gonna send Willie and Bobo to Springfield that sounds like an episode of the Simpsons Willie and Bobo go to Springfield
0: I put my life in your hands. I wrote, fuck Willie. <laughs> Bobo, I had my life staked on this deal. $6,500 is all gone. $6,500, people. The 3000 for Betty's medical school was not taken out. Wait,
1: what? Is that the, is big, did Big Mama come walk back in yet and go, excuse me? Excuse me? I thought you went to the bank and put away the three... What?
0: No, it's all gone. I didn't go to the bank at all. (gasps) Oh, Oh, Mama is sobbing. I wrote horror, too much pain. (laughs) Well, Betty's at the apartment table with the African dude. And she's telling him, Walter gave all our money away. And the African dude... Well, was it your money? That, that new does make a point. He goes, you know, it's it wasn't your money. When it's all over, you can come home with me to Africa. Yeah. <clears throat> Walter comes out of the bedroom. Mama starts unpacking. Um, Son, what can you do to fix up this place? Cause they decided. Well, now they have to stay in the apartment.
1: Well, no. Ruth says, "Uh, uh-uh. uh, nope. That's fine." I'm. <laughs> Ruth starts. Ruth is. Mama's putting stuff in, or Mama's taking stuff out. Ruth's putting stuff in, cause Ruth says, "No, I will work 20 hours." Nope. I'm not staying I'm here. i getting out of
0: this place.
1: <laughs> no. Uh, uh-uh. uh. I tasted freedom. I'm not. I can't do it. So then Walter calls the man.
0: Yeah. And and it, you you think that that Walter is gonna they're gonna like jack up the price a lot and then they're at least gonna get some money out of selling the house back to Clavern Park. Yeah. That's what you're expecting to happen.
1: Yeah. And
0: um He goes the white man's gonna write a check.
1: Yeah. So he's going to write a check. That's what's going to happen. And the sister is mad. Because she doesn't want him to do that. But then she's also mad because she doesn't have a future. So,
0: yeah. Mama goes, how did we get to this place? And she also realizes there's always something left to love. It's hard with Walter, but...
1: Yeah. And so then he's uh so the the guy comes over the man he comes over and
0: um mama says to willie you show him what willie taught you
1: oh no she says to walter you show him what willie taught you and then who Mm -hmm. tells him because somebody sends travis outside and somebody's like no keep him here to see this
0: I didn't get that part.
1: Yeah, there was somebody. <clears throat> it might have been. It might have been Big. I think. I think it might have been Big Mama. I think Ruth sends Travis to go downstairs, and I think Big Mama is like, "Nope, she needs to see. He needs to see his father do this."
0: Okay. So Walter says, "I work as a chauffeur. My wife works in people's kitchens, and as a mother, and we are plain people. We're." Nobody's looking at the, and none of them are looking at the white man. We're a proud people. This is my son. He's the sixth generation. Oh, the way that,
1: you know what broke me was the way that Cindy Pautier said this when he looked at Travis. I lost it because his, his voice, like, it cracks so hard. I was like, ah, don't look at me.
0: This is my son. He's sixth generation in this country. And we've decided to move into our house. Suck it. Good good neighbors, we don't want your money.
1: Suck it, the man. Suck it.
0: And Suck It, the man says, I sure hope you people know what you're doing.
1: Oh, and I was like, oh, it's not going to be easy
0: for you guys. (laughs) And Mama says, Walter, he did become, he came into his manhood today. Oh, the end. Whoa, that was a roller coaster ride.
1: I know. But you know what? They got equity.
0: They got their freaking equity. So it's going to be okay.
1: It is.
0: So I guess it's time for trivia. Time for trivia. So did this did this play win 36 Tony's or was it nominated for 36 Tony's? Oh, I don't know, but there have been several versions of the play. Right. It was written by an African-American woman.
1: Lorraine Hansberry.
0: It had a black director. Did the movie have a black director or the play?
1: No, the play did. The The director was white, Daniel Petrie.
0: At the time, the mama, Sidney Poitier's mama, was only 10 years older than him, and he felt like she never really liked him.
1: Well, they had animosity because she wanted the film to be from her point of view, and Cindy, and so did the author, but Sydney Poitier wanted it to be more from Walter's point of view.
0: So whose point of view was it? It seemed like it was everybody's See, point was
1: of view. both people's point of view.
0: Yeah, and Ruth's point of view a bit. Yeah. And a little bit of Betty's point of view. Travis, no. No. Pretty much no.
1: Do you know that this? So uh, Lorraine Hansberry, she wrote the play. It it debuted in Broadway in 1959. The title comes from Harlem by Langston Hughes, which is also known as A Dream Deferred. What happens to a dream deferred? Does it dry up like a raisin in the sun? And Hansberry's family was list was they in 1940 they brought um. A lawsuit, Hansberry v. Lee. This was prior to the Fair Housing Act in 1968, part of the Civil Rights oh. Act. And in it, they, um, because what happened was there was a previous case, Burke v. Climate, and it was about racially motivated restric- restrictive covenants, which is like, because it's 1961, well, when the movie is 59 in the play, <laughs> you know, you had your your communities, your homeowners associations, your what have yous. And when black people went in to move into the areas, they were like, uh-uh, don't think so. And, you know, they did a whole bunch of bullshit reasons saying of all the reasons why they didn't want them in. But the number one reason was just that they were black. And so <clears throat> that that case, the the husband of the woman who brought that case... She ended up selling. He ended up selling a house to the Hansberries, and so then oh. the Hans then the Hansberries had to. Um, that's where their lawsuit came from, and so they the guys like, oh, the reason that I sold it was because he he says like, oh, he disagreed with the covenant. With, you know, with the covenant and the racial thing. But it's not true. Like, the reason that he sold the house in the 1940s was because it was the Depression and white people weren't buying houses. Mm. There was no... It was all... Again, it was all about the money. And he had it's this black guy who had the money. So then he, he right. buys the house. And so then the other people in the neighborhood are like, what the hell, man? And so they... The Hansberries were living in the house while the lawsuit was going on. And that wasn't a picnic. Like the mom had to have a loaded German luger with her at all times. Wow. Lorraine would get beat up every day, spit Mm. upon. But you know, their families were ride or die. They were in the NAACP movements and stuff, and they're like, "Nope, we're doing this."
0: Which is why we can have integrated neighborhoods. And somebody had to pay the price. Well,
1: yeah, and then they went and deintegrated them. Yeah. Um, Lorraine Hansberry. So she was the first black author on Broadway. She inspired Nina Simone's to be young, gifted, and black. Mm -hmm. And she died really young of cancer. She was thirty-four. She died of pancreatic cancer.
0: See, I knew cancer was in there somewhere.
1: Well, the sister also died really young from cancer. The woman that played the sister. Really? hmm Diana Sands, she died young of cancer. In 1964, Kim Staley, she was a white actress. She was unavailable to play the lead role in the Broadway romantic comedy, The Owl and the Pussycat. And there was opposite Alan Alda. And Hansberry stepped, or not Hansberry, um, Diane Sands stepped in and she played the role and they didn't change one line and nobody really even cared. Wow. It was just like, oh, I'm playing the part now. Mm hmm. Um, well, going back to Hansberry, the author, James Baldwin said about her death, it is not at all far fetched to suspect that what she saw contributed to the street, to the strain which killed her. For the effort to which Lorraine was dedicated is more than enough to kill a man. Wow. I mean, yeah. Yeah. It, it, killed, it killed Jackie Robinson. It killed a lot
0: of people. Killed a lot of people.
1: <laughs> it's like if a, if a bullet didn't kill you, just the sheer stress killed you. Yeah. Which, yeah, makes sense. Um... Ruby D won the National Board of Review Best Supporting Actress
0: Yay mm-hmm.
1: Oh and the house that the Hansberries Bought that was like in the lawsuit it be- It's now a landmark In Chicago
0: Cool
1: mm-hmm. So
0: oh. Is it still the suburbs Or is it more in the city Now since it's spread out
1: I don't know I didn't Google <clears> Maps it Thank you, phone. <laughs> um, the, oh, so the woman that played Big Mama, Claudia McNeil, she was a former librarian. And she was a late bloomer into getting into show business. She was a. Uh, so then she got into singing in vaudeville. And she was huh. Tony nominated for this play and for Tiger, Tiger Burning Bright.
0: Well, she was excellent. Mm
1: hmm. They she were all, excellent. they all, like, were in the play.
0: Oh, perfect
1: mm-hmm. so that's all i have
0: erin brought up that ruby d was in general hospital she, she played justice's mother and i tried to google it and i couldn't ever come up with an answer so if anybody out there comes up with the answer that would be she
1: wasn't it wasn't ruby d Never mind. Ruby D. Well, she also was in the Jackie Robinson story. She was in American Gangster, that movie with Denzel Washington. She got an yeah. Oscar nomination for that.
0: She was in a lot. She was
1: in so much stuff. Yeah. She wasn't in. That wasn't Ruby D. Although, I think her name might have been Ruby D. And that's why I'm confused because. I think she was had a very similar name, and that's why I was oh, okay. always like, "That's not Ruby D." She wasn't, but this Ruby D was in Guiding Light in nineteen sixty seven. So I do feel somewhat oh. vindicated by saying married Ruby to Ozzy
0: Davis. Mm-hmm. They were, yeah, they were quite the um, the couple.
1: Oh, they were big into civil rights.
0: Oh yeah, but she was, oh, she was so good in this because okay, you're playing against all these really strong characters and she was a strong character as well, but she played it so understated as the, as the in-law would understated.
1: Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Crickets. Well, I was looking up the, the general hospital thing.
0: Yeah. I didn't see it on there, but, um, yeah, so it was good. I did say um, that uh, I did have in my notes that when he got drunk the last time, Walter, that he was as drunk as Wendy. But I'm going to let that go, Wendy. <laughs> you, you have been replaced by another. And so uh, we will mention a corkscrew once in a while. But but uh, we thank you for your loyalty, and I don't have to talk about you being drunk anymore.
1: Oh. Interesting. Okay.
0: She's been replaced by Diane who had quite a quite a time once. I wasn't there to see that one either, but
1: <laughs> you Oh, so now we're just peddling in <laughs> gossip
0: on this show. <laughs> well, our 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 seven listeners need to have their names heard.
1: Name drop in.
0: Donis. Donis is caught up as well. Oh. Did I say in, in one of the uh in one of the episodes, Donna gets the new uh, plain white tea.
1: No, you didn't.
0: Okay. She, for being a loyal, a loyal subscriber. Well,
1: there you have it.
0: So next week is my pick. Get out the tissues, people. Imitation of life. Unbelievable. Ouch. This one's going to hurt. Troy Donahue is in it. Uh, John Gavin, some of my early, early loves. Lana Turner.
1: Lana Turner.
0: Yeah. Peak Toe Pumps, as I recall. We'll see if she has them on this time. Lana Turner, the sweater girl, because she used to fill out a sweater, if you know what I mean. (laughs) So we hope you enjoyed A Raisin in the Sun. It was a real downer for me. But Um, next week, Imitation of Life. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.